0: I have absolutely nothing to say
1: whatsoever. And yet I will make it seem like I do. B2B services and operating excellence. Not a headcount that you need. To be considered a disruptor on your marketplace. Is an ownership stake in an underlying network. It had a very leveraged effect. Welcome to the Dejargonizer. I'm your host, Amir Mizra. Companies around the world are investing billions of dollars in cybersecurity, but they're still getting hacked. And here I'm talking about companies whose products we use every day. Like banks, credit card companies, shipping companies, and even schools and hospitals. So what's missing from cybersecurity? Why does it feel like the bad guys are always one step ahead? Today, we're talking to Noam Jolles Ichner from a company called Opora. Opora is like a cyber CIA for businesses, a kind of intelligence agency on demand. Noam spent years inside Israel's secret intelligence agency, the Shin Bet, where she did things like pose as a hacker or buyer of stolen information to gather intelligence. She says that without intelligence, all our firewalls and security systems won't stop hackers on their own. We have to get inside the minds of the hackers. So what is cyber intelligence and how does it work? It's difficult but simple okay thanks for coming on to the dj organizer your company opora it's a startup uh that you have co-founded with a former head of israel's uh, intelligence agency where where you also worked and served and you guys do risk quantification and threat intelligence I want to read what it says on Opora's LinkedIn about us. And it's going to be painful, (laughs) but we'll get through it. Okay. (laughs)
0: Let's go.
1: (laughs) Opora's unique cognitive-based threat quantification approach provides our customers with strategic, quantified, and prioritized visibility into threat's active against their entire business ecosystem and supply chain. Our platform incorporates the most comprehensive risk rating methodology that includes a wide range of risk factors, variables, and attributes that look at the organization and its peers, key customer sectors, and geography levels. We enable firms' visibility into their entire supplier ecosystem, including nth tiers, that's a big N, small T-H, nth tiers, to fully assess their exposure to potential business loss risks. I can't, I can't even, I can't even understand where I even am.
0: In general, what we do in Opora is providing uh, organizations with an insight about the potential business risk that they should expect of their threat landscape, cyber threat landscape.
1: Just very briefly, what is a threat landscape?
0: When we speak about threat landscape, we mean the potential threats that they are going to face. What is a
1: cognitive-based threat quantification approach? And can you you know contrast it to a non-cognitive-based?
0: Intelligence, for its own, has no value. I can come and tell you stories about bad guys. I can come and tell you stories about malwares. I can come and make you not sleep at night because of the stories I'm going to tell you.
1: Okay, I think we need an analogy here. So let me know if this works. Let's say I'm home and I can hear a noise in my attic. I have no idea what that noise is.
0: I think this is a good example because what you speak of is about something that is absolutely amorphic to you. It only makes noise. And now you want to gain some insight of what it is, right? Dealing with cognitive analytics, this is the amount of unknown you are dealing with. You only have this small perspective of what someone is doing. And now you need to understand a lot of it. The assumption is that there are patterns. Patterns reflect a behavior and behavior reflect intentions and capabilities, etc. And let's say that we will take this voice that you are hearing, okay, from your attic, and we will start to see in which hours you are hearing it. In which cases it gets louder. In which cases it's more quiet. How it responds to actions that you take. If you will, example, react and make a noise of your own what will be the reaction what will be the constant reactions we will try to take a lot of parameters a lot of features and analyze it we will try to compare it to other noises to other reports of noises in attics and to reports of noises in general in houses so cognitive analytics are taking a lot of parameters and assume that there is a set of reactions. And once you understand which set of reactions you are looking at, you can now understand more about the entity or or the subject that is reacting.
1: I don't understand why you don't just walk up to the attic with a baseball bat, open the attic, and just look for whatever is making that noise.
0: Of course, the challenge that cognitive analytics are being used to within threat intelligence, cyber threat intelligence, it's not the single noise within a single attic. It goes to a highly complicated and dynamic threat landscape that keep hit you ongoing and consistently, that you need to deal with. There is no intelligence company or intelligence agency in the world that can cover all of the threats around us. And this is the issue of the known-unknown, unknown-known, and unknown-unknown. The known-unknown are the things that we assume that we need to cover, that we assume that we need to collect. When you say cognitive, you're almost...
1: In my mind, you're saying human. There is humans that are behind attacks, have patterns, and these things, if you know how to look for them, can trigger alerts. You need
0: human knowledge. This is my, my point here. Hackers are hacking in certain ways. When you are looking at someone that is going through an airport you are not looking at the way he prepared the bomb. You are looking at the way he behaves when he is struggling with the same issues that you and I are struggling when we are walking through the airport. And we assume that there will be things that he will do exactly like we do, but there will be things that he will do a little bit differently because his challenge is different. He needs to hide his identity. He needs to hide the bomb he is carrying. He will act a little bit differently. So when I speak about patterns, it's not necessarily the bomb itself. And a it goes to the unknown, unknown, and the struggle within intelligence. If I already know that he is carrying a bomb, and now what I need to see is which bomb he is carrying, I'm in a great situation in terms of intelligence. But my challenge is not that. My challenge is to even know that he is planning on carrying a bomb.
1: Can you give me an example of a company in this kind of sector, and this is kind of what their threat landscape looks like?
0: Over the past two years, we see a shift of um, threat actors. Uh, that are targeting other sectors, for example... Bad
1: guys, right? When you say threat actors, you mean bad guys.
0: Exactly. People with, people with bad intentions. Let's say it like that. So bad guys that are shifting their efforts, shifting the resources to target, for example, the maritime sector. Shipping. Yeah, shipping. Sometimes the interest will be financial. Sometimes the interest will be to gather uh, data and sometimes they will target because of interest that has to do with creating chaos.
1: Cybercrime is a rapidly growing threat to almost all aspects of modern life, and the shipping and offshore industries are no exception. Prior to the digital era, safety of the ship was primarily measured by seaworthiness and physical integrity. Today's fleet, however, with the growing complexity and services provided from shoreside networks via the internet, onboard systems are increasingly vulnerable to cyber attacks. Safety of the ship has entered a new dimension. As the global maritime community, ports, vessels, and facilities are increasingly connected to and dependent on computer systems, the consequences of a cyber incident can be significant.
0: The there is this all big world of things realized, that are coming at you and you, and you followed, cannot control them. Right. And the one of the approaches to deal with that is to say I don't
1: care. This is too big for me. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm exactly. just going to trust my, whoever it is, Google, or Microsoft, whoever that is on my computer yeah, or if yeah. there's a big company you know, it's checkpoint who are
0: guarding me and I'm just going to forget about it. Exactly. I will build fences. I will strengthen the fences, right? I will be in control of things that I can control. It is a good approach, okay? It's not a bad approach, but it's kind of blind approach. And the fact is that organizations are building fences and invest million dollars into their security And still, they are getting targeted, and still they lose money for cyber attacks. So the other approach, which I consider to be more responsible, but it's definitely more hard to do, is to be able to integrate intelligence insights into your security measures. But there is a problem into it. How can I know who is my enemy? How can I know what is going to do? And now we are getting into the biggest challenge of intelligence. It's not that easy to do. It's not that easy to give people information, even at state level, of what are the threats they're facing. In general, signal intelligence includes uh, two types of uh, signals. Signals that are being produced by uh, machines and by systems and signals that are being produced by humans. When you deal with intelligence, you need to guess a lot. You need to put a lot of assumptions. And there is nothing better than to see things in your own eyes or to speak with someone that sees it in his own eyes.
1: You know, the last couple of minutes that you were speaking, I, I, my mind wandered.
0: sorry and that's not and that's
1: fine it's just a sign that what i need is a story to bring me back to what you were saying everything you said was very vague and theoretical whatever but i need an actual
0: example you don't have to use names let's take a big bank very big bank that is keep being hit by phishing attacks the bank itself the customers the amount of phishing attacks is enormous. Just briefly,
1: a note. So a phishing attack is um, you know like an email that looks like it's yeah. it's from someone that you know, and then uh, you respond or you somehow download a program that lets hackers into your system in an, an advanced. Persistent threat is, let's say, a state actor, um, whether it's the Chinese or the Russians or whatever it is, who have a hacking unit that has broken into your, your network but is lying low for now, yeah, not really what, doing anything.
0: What you described, Amir, is uh, spear phishing or phishing delivery, which is using phishing methods in order to uh, get a malware into your system. But there are more basic variations of it that only aim at getting details of people, getting their credit card number, getting their login details, okay? getting personal identification information. Sometimes it's not even weaponized. There is no malware involved in such an activity. Phishing is, is the common way of looking at impersonation. We wanted to give the bank time advantage. We wanted to give the bank context advantage. The
1: cyber intelligence unit up for this bank that gives them early warning yeah. on things that happen.
0: Yeah, 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 but smart warning. Our approach, a cognitive approach, basically says, it's not only about detecting the phishing attacks, It's also about understanding, correlating all of the signals and understand with how many threat actors the bank is dealing. Eventually with this bank, by the way, one of the outcomes was the understanding that the bank, there is one threat actor, one bad guy or one bad group, okay? That is in charge of over 30% of the attacks. So it was pretty clear that a lot of efforts need to be taken now in order to deal with this specific group. So let me ask you something. They didn't know this before. They didn't know this before. And it's not because they couldn't know it necessarily. It's because it wasn't the approach. This is why cognitive analytics are important because cognitive analytics enables you to correlate and profile signals and get the bigger picture.
1: I'll quickly do a summary. This bank, very big bank, been playing defense for a long time. You, through your work, uncovered that there is a criminal group or a group that was responsible for about 30% of the attacks against this bank. They didn't know that, that is through the intelligence work you did by this approach where you correlate all sorts of patterns, all sorts of data to try and see if if you can uncover unknown unknowns and you uncovered an unknown unknown. There was one big group that was really hitting this bank a lot.
0: One of the things that, for example, we started to learn about this threat actor is that he is targeting five banks in parallel. And he's basically shifting from bank to bank uh, in a routine way. In this case, one of the solutions was that banks should collaborate effectively against it. Together, they have more power to counter it than one by one. So it's almost like
1: an um, intelligence agency on demand, like the cyber spy on demand.
0: I would say it's intelligence agency on demand.
1: Intelligence on demand. That's exactly what a pore is about and what seems to be missing from cyber today. But what do you think? Let me know by leaving a review or comment on your favorite podcast app or on Substack at thedjargonizer.substack.com The Dejargonizer is produced and edited by Astrid Landon.